Happy Mother's Day weekend, and welcome to another episode of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and... The Scarf. We are calling this episode, Winning in Columbus Isn't for Everybody, But But It it Is for us. Us. On today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to give you a history of Mother's Day and a shout-out to both of our moms. Hi, Mom. We are going to give a This Day in LAFC history with the scarf. That's right, along with some LAFC news that has happened over the last week. We're going to give you our match recap against the Columbus Crew. And we're also going to give you our revisit about the Phoenix Rising game that's happening in August the 3rd. So without further ado, let's rock and roll. Scarf. It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to Mama Scarf. What is Mother's Day, brother? That's right. Let me also wish a very happy Mother's Day to Mama Philly as well. Look, a lot of people want to know how this whole Mother's Day thing came about. And the history of Mother's Day as we know it here in America started in the very early 1900s. And we have a woman by the name of Anna Jarvis to thank for Mother's Day. She started a campaign for Mother's Day as an official holiday honoring mothers in 1905, the year that her own mother died. But the first larger scale celebration of Mother's Day wasn't until 1908 when Anna held a public memorial for her mother in West Virginia. Look, over the next couple of years, she pushed to have it recognized nationally, and it was celebrated increasingly more and more. And finally, in the U.S. in 1914, a big thank you to President Woodrow Wilson, who signed a proclamation making Mother's Day an official holiday to take place on the second Sunday of May every year. Now, soon after that, though, Anna Jarvis actually pushed for Mother's Day to be taken off of the official holiday calendar because she was horrified by the mass commercialization of the holiday. She thought it was a personal, intimate thing for all the moms out there. And of course, it became a massive commercial, successfully commercial, by the way, holiday. But that being said, look, I'm sure every mother out there is happy that Anna Jarvis pushed in the very early 1900s for Mother's Day. And as you listen to this, most of you will be listening to this on Sunday, Mother's Day, May 12th. Give your mom a hug. Give your mom a call. Give your mom some flowers. Give your mom some chocolates. Give your mom some peace and quiet here on Mother's Day. And I just want to say a very big thank you. I love you and hi to my mom, Carol, Mama Scarf. Love you very much. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I, unfortunately, will be on a plane to Boston with our fifth grade class at the school I teach. I'll be at LAX at 6 a.m. ready to meet about 50 fifth graders as myself and a bunch of other teachers chaperone these kids in Boston for the next five days. So I leave on Mother's Day, but a very happy and wonderful Mother's Day to my mom, Carol. And Philly, I know you have plenty that you want to say to your mom as well. I don't have plenty, but I want to say this. Mom, (laughs) you had a tough time taking care of grandma these past three years. Grandma, you passed away about a month or so ago. Rest in peace. I love you. Mom, you are one of the strongest women I've ever met, and I love you dearly. I can't wait for you to leave the East Coast and join Panda and I on the Best Coast, West Coast. I love you, Mom. I can't wait for you to be here. Happy Mother's Day. And without further ado, let's get into this day in LAFC history. Scarf, 
Let's kick it right back to you, bruh. That's right. Real quick, this day in LAFC history, and then right after this, some LAFC news. Yesterday, on May 10th in 2018, Shaft Brewer Jr. was called into the U.S. Under-20 men's national team for two friendlies against Honduras. And later on in the week, something that I'm going to segue to you in just a little bit here, Philly, on the 13th of May, which is probably the day after a lot of people will be listening to this, The 13th of May, 2018, LAFC drew NYCFC at home 2-2 here at Bank of California Stadium. Goals were scored by David Villa and Carlos Vela. What was notable about that game is that that was the first ever home goal scored by Carlos Vela. And we've talked time and time again about how Carlos more likely to set up a goal at home and more likely to score a goal on the road and more about that in our Columbus Crew recap a little bit later. But on the 13th, LAFC drew NYCFC at home 2-2. David Villa and Carlos Vela providing the star power and two of the goals in the match. And one other real quick piece of LAFC history, or this day in LAFC history, I should mention. On May 14th in 1971, Mike Sorber. We are celebrating a birthday. That's right. Happy birthday to Mike Sorber. He is the LAFC Director of Soccer Operations. He was actually up for the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame this year. The man played 67 caps for the U.S. men's national team. And again, he is now our Director of Soccer Operations. So a very happy birthday on May 14th to Mike Sorber. Again, LAFC Director of Soccer Operations. And now... It's time for some LAFC news. First and foremost, I want to give a quick shout out to the family of Joseph Sanchez. He was here from Honduras at the Seattle Sounders game. And I know we didn't mention this before, but I was lucky enough to be able to meet Joseph after he helped bring the flag out for our national anthem. A big thank you to Alina, of course, of the LAFC Foundation. I shouldn't say of, Alina, the LAFC Foundation. She's got no team. It's just her out there, and she's absolutely incredible. She allowed me to give him one of my Golasso scarves that I designed for the team earlier this year. So if you, as you saw that video on the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Joseph coming together here at Bank of California Stadium, I know a lot of great people in LAFC made that happen, but I just wanted to say a big thank you to Alina as she allowed me to give him a Golasso scarf before the match. And some other LAFC news, Laurent Simon got injured today in Toronto's loss to Philly. It didn't look good. It might be an ankle. He went down and stayed down for a while. And real quick, Philly, by the way, 23 points in the East, currently putting them number two behind us in the MLS and at the top of the table in the East. Also, some really cool news. Charlie Lyon, that's right, the goalkeeper that played the second half of the Borussia Dortmund game. On May 3rd, Charlie was added to the roster of that Philadelphia Union. He was on the bench for that game against Toronto. Goalkeepers Andre Blake and Matt Fries were both hurt. Charlie Lyon still on the bench for Philadelphia. Turns out, I learned quite a bit in researching this, there's a free agent pool in the MLS. And in that free agent pool, there's a goalkeeper pool. But Charlie, he is the only one swimming in that pool. There were no other free agent goalkeepers around, but Philadelphia was able to sign him. Pool goalkeepers are available to MLS teams on an emergency basis when a team has fewer than two rostered goalkeepers available for match action. And because Philly only had the one keeper available, their starter for today's match, they were able to bring on Charlie Lyon. So Charlie, 
back in the MLS with the Philadelphia Union. He had most recently worked out with Timbers too, but he is back in the MLS playing for the Philadelphia Union. One other quick little bit of LAFC news. The August 25th matchup against Carson had a small time change. The kickoff has actually been moved back from 7 p.m. to 7.30, but the game will still be on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes as part of Heineken Rivalry Week. So again, the home matchup against Carson, August 25th, moved from 7 to 7.30 p.m. And lastly, I know a lot of you frequent LAFC.com. On May 9th, 2019, May 9th of this week, Vince LaRosa wrote an awesome stats-filled article. Look, I'm a math guy, I'm a nerd, and I learned so much from this article on LAFC.com entitled, More Than Just Goals, LAFC's Defense is Best in the MLS. You have to read this article on how much has changed in just one year and how effective our back line has been. That article was written through 11 matches before the Columbus game today, but Philly, LAFC's defense would prove him right during the crew game. So let's get into that match recap against the Columbus crew. No doubt. And here is our match recap starting off. And before we really get into the stats, I simply want to say I am really happy that the crew were saved. Now, this is a club that was one of the original 10 in the MLS. And last season, they were on the verge of going bye-bye. This is a team that won the MLS Cup back in 2008. It would have been an absolute travesty for an original member of the MLS and an MLS Cup winner to disappear. But we really avoided an ugly blemish that could have occurred as far as this league is concerned. Fortunately, the MLS reached an agreement in principle with the Haslams, which these guys own the Browns, and the Edwards family, which this guy was a former team physician for the Browns. They now assume ownership of the Columbus crew, and they even have a new stadium in the works. And I'm really curious to see how they are going to do in the Battle of Ohio versus FC Cincinnati. But thankfully, the crew was saved. I'm really happy. Again, it would have been an ugly blemish in the MLS had the crew gone bye-bye. But let's get into the game. The Columbus crew come into this match fresh off of a win against the Carson Galaxy this past Wednesday, where they defeated Carson 3-1. to They currently sit in fifth place in the East with a record of 5-6-1 and one, and operating with a minus three goal differential. Now, when they played Carson on Wednesday in Columbus, they actually had a very even matchup with Carson. Carson was riding a two-game losing streak coming into this matchup, and they ended up increasing that deficit against NYCFC, my former favorite club this afternoon. They lost Two to nothing in Dignity Park, and boy, does that make me happy. Yeah, but- listen, NYCFC was both of our favorite teams today before LAFC kicked off. A big thank you to NYCFC for handing Carson a 2 nothing loss today. Oh, yeah. The fact that Carson lost to Columbus isn't the only thing that pleased me, Scarf. The efforts of a former Galaxy player, your buddy from Hawthorne, California. That's right. Jazzy Zardes was the icing on the cake as far as that matchup was concerned. His former team traded him back in 2018 and not for nothing it was the best thing that could have happened to Jazzy because him leaving Carson gave him a resurrection as far as his career was concerned he won the MLS comeback player of the year award and that was a pretty darn good thing now in that game Jazzy had one goal and one assist to Higuain not to be confused with 
Chelsea's Higuain and Scarfy. I'm wearing my Eintracht Frankfurt jersey. Yes, you are. I'm still a little bitter about the fact that Chelsea beat Eintracht in the Europa League semifinal, but that was what it was. The third goal in the game was registered by Hector Jimenez, and Daniel Steres for the Galaxy scored the goal in a garbage time situation that took the clean sheet away from goalkeeper Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen, who is a U.S. men's international, will be deployed to Manchester City this July, but I read recently, Scarfy, that Bristol City, a club that's eighth place in the in the second division in the English League, he may end up going to them because Lord knows he's not going to compete with Ederson for Man City, but hey, that's Columbus, and that was their stats in the last game. Tell us what LAFC did in our last game. Yeah, you know, we came into the match, of course, 7-1-3 and three on the year, 24 points in MLS, number one in the West, and number one in the MLS, like you like to say. The, the best, best in, in the West, West and the best in the MLS. That's right. Look, it was a, a rough 0-0 matchup against the Fire. I do not want to talk about that game anymore. And they had not scored a goal in 175 minutes of play. They stalled just a little bit, but the one thing that has not stalled is our fantastic defense, conceding only eight goals through 11 matches coming into this game. Tyler Miller with four clean sheets on the year, a goals against of less than three quarters of a goal a game, .73. Look, our defense is doing everything that they needed to do, and we looked great on the back line coming into this. And again, check out Vince LaRosa's article written on May 9th, on LAFC.com to learn even more about it. Of course, the last time these two teams met, June 23rd of last year at Bank of California, Laurent Simon's first game back after being excluded from the Belgian national team. And of course, Laurent with a goal four minutes in, a free kick that we came to know and love. He blasted it past crew keeper John Kempen, so again, not Zach Steffen as he was hurt when we played at Bank of California Stadium. Adama Diamande scored four minutes later, and honestly, after that, that was all that she wrote. It was a game that was won without Carlos Vela, without Marco Areña, and remember Omar Gaber, without him as well. Who are ya? But a 2 nothing win, I believe, for LAFC over the crew. And with that, quick injury report, nobody out for... LAFC, all these players upgraded to questionable. Danilo Silva, Javi Perez, and Alejandro Guido. For the crew, Milton Valenzuela and Harrison Awful out and no Zach Steffen in goal today. It would be Joe Bendick, giggity, getting the start for yeah. Columbus in goal. Philly, why don't you tell us about the 4-3-3 formation that we have come to know and love yep. from LAFC. Yep, keep it with the same lineup. We had Tyler Miller, Stephen Betashore, Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, Jordan Harvey, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony Kay, Latif Blessing, Diego Rossi, Christian Ramirez, and Carlos Vela. This is the lineup that Bob Bradley has been comfortable with. This is the lineup that Bob Bradley has been sticking with. And that 4-3-3 matchup, Columbus met them with a 4-2-3-1, which they had in that last game where they were successful against Carson. You mentioned it, Zach Steffen did not start this game. I really was looking forward to seeing him. But Joe Bendick, giggity, started in goal for the crew. We had Hector Jimenez. We had Jonathan Mensa, Gaston Saro. We had Williams. Shout out to our buddy Gaston. And shout out to Gaston. Yeah, Why not? He, yeah, no doubt. We love but, this but guy. But not his twin brother. Why? I don't know. He's not named Gaston. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Lalo. We love those guys. Yeah, but you mentioned Gaston, not Lalo. 
Yes, but but Gaston Sorrow, not our buddies who sit in front of us. Scarf, get get back on the train. Sorry, buddy. I love you, Lalo. <laughs> we had Williams starting in place of Waylon Francis. Our tour, William Trapp. We all know William Trapp from the U.S. Men's National Team. Pedro Santos, Guzman, Rabinho, and your favorite player from Hawthorne, California. That's right. The gentleman who had one goal and one assist against the Carson Galaxy, Jazzy Zardes. That's right. Last time when we were at Bank of California Stadium, I wandered down to the field level, and there was a whole group of people just to the right of the 3252 in the, what would that be, the West End section. And they were all wearing Jossie's Artist jerseys from all kinds of different teams and everything. Clearly friends of his, so I walked over there. We wound up hanging out and talking for a little bit. Jossie brought people. I mean, there were probably at least 50 people there, his buddies from Hawthorne growing up with him. I was a big Jossie Zardis fan when he played for the Carson team and even bigger of a fan of his now that he's in Columbus. Look, he's a local guy. I am from right down the road from Hawthorne in Lawndale, and I grew up part of my life in Torrance, part of my life in Lawndale, and Jossie, a hometown kid right from down the street, I said it on our Instagram. I hoped that he would play really well in a loss. He wound up playing decently. Didn't get a ton of good chances. Had a couple of shots blocked, which we'll talk about in a bit. But really happy to see the hometown boy, Jossie Zardes, against LAFC. And with that, let's talk about the game recap. And look, I posted on Instagram. I thought we would win 3-1. to one. I said there would be two goals by Diego Rossi and one goal by Mark Anthony K. And in the 11th minute, Mark Anthony K. was trying to make me a profit as his attempt was blocked just 11 minutes in, a left-footed shot from outside the box. And in the 17th minute, he had another shot on goal that went wide right. And I thought, man, K. is going to get one for sure. Then all I need is the two from Rossi. But that wouldn't happen yet, yet. I say, as we approach the 31st minute. You almost became Scarf Stradamus because <laughs> you were a prophet in the making. Mark Anthony K definitely came out hot. In the 31st minute, there was an attempt that was saved. Christian Ramirez had a header from the center of the box, which was saved at the top center of the goal. Had that gone in, it would have been assisted by Carlos Vela with a cross. And unfortunately, that wasn't to be the case. I know Christian Ramirez was dying for this. That kid's had a really, really rough time, and he has been the butt of many jokes, the end of many bits of sarcasm and criticism. I really want to root for this kid. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out real quick. One of our favorite follows on Instagram, Bonestorm, LAFC Bonestorm. He had another killer meme out there with the bus and the couple of signs if you haven't had a chance i don't want to spoil it for you but please head on over to lafc bone storms instagram page one of our favorite follows out there in the lafc world and just after that diego rossi missing a right-footed shot from outside the box carlos vela there with the pass and then in the 35th minute Right before what I know you're about to talk about, Philly, we had the beautiful voice of Jervina Catalina. That's right, Gigi. She told us that it started to rain in the 35th minute. And then when the rains came, so did the offense of LAFC in the 37th. 
And when the rain begins to fall, Mark Anthony K scores a goal in the 37th minute with a left-footed shot from the center of the box to the bottom of the left corner. And that was assisted by none other than number seven. He's a star man playing on the right. His name is Latif Blessing and he's dynamite. Yes, Mark Anthony K strikes again. The savior of Canada, the Canadian <laughs> legend, the Canadian glory machine. I, I can't even think of it. I like really. that. The Canadian glory machine, Mark Anthony K. Look, the jury is <laughs> I don't still have much out. creativity to me. I've been hanging out with the Queros, dude. I'm kind of gassed as far as chanting and talking and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, you had a good time out there with the Queros. I apologize that I couldn't be out there with you. I actually worked up until about 15 minutes in the game. Lame. So, hey, look, I got one more week. You missed of the last tailgate, I, Listen, listen. It's for the children. It's for the children. The jury is still out on Mark <laughs> Anthony K as to whether he was shooting that ball or looking to make a pass. But, look, it found the back of the net. Beautiful assist. Again, look, some of the passing by Latif Blessing, that through ball that he made to Mark Anthony K, a perfect pass. We've seen it time and time again this season. And we almost scored two minutes later. Carlos Vela to Diego Rossi, but the left hand of Joe Giggity Bendick able ah! to make another save. A beautiful play by Bendick as if he doesn't get a hand on that, then that's right into the back of the net. And can you imagine after 39 minutes, I had predicted that Diego Rossi would have two, Mark Anthony K would have one. And after 39 minutes, you got Rossi who should have had one in the 31st minute, should have had one in the 39th. I could have been a prophet by halftime. Scarf Stradamus. Oh. You got close. I was about ready to like cancel this podcast, hop on a flight from Burbank, and off to Vegas so we could start placing wagers because you almost really were Scarf Stradamus. It was an amazing thing. Look, but- I, I have to get on a flight at 6 a.m. to Boston, but you would have had a great time in Vegas. In the 45th minute, we are By in. myself? You would have a great time in Vegas no matter who you're around. You know we get everybody. I'm a social guy. Yep. I would have made friends. Absolutely. I feel like I always run into Ron Jeremy anytime I go out to Vegas. <laughs> I, there's a story that we're going to have to tell later on in the podcast, I think. <laughs> Super Mario! But in extra time... We had an attempt missed by a David Guzman from the crew. Right-footed shot just outside the box. Missed to the left. It would have been an assist for Jossie Zardes, but we countered right back in the 45 plus two. That's right, the second of two minutes of stoppage time. Diego Rossi again. Here comes that man again. A right-footed shot from just outside the box. Missed wide. That would have been an assist by Steven Betashore, but we went into the half up one nothing, and look, it felt like we were in control of the game. LAFC dominating possession, dominating shots, dominating shots on goal. Look, excellent play by the crew back line and by Joe Bendick, Giggity, to make sure that it was just a one nothing game. So good on them for the crew, but you just got that feeling. Look, if there's something that we've said time and time again, the second half adjustments made by Bob Bradley, they are the biggest difference to our offense this year. And we've talked about Eddie Segura being the biggest difference to our defense this year. But incredible job once again by LAFC in the first half, up one nothing, and you felt like they got the memo from that Chicago Fire game. You can't score if you don't shoot, and we were certainly taking enough shots on goal in the first half. Yes, welcome back to Defenders of the Bank with Philly and Quagmire. You've said giggity a bunch of times. <laughs> His name is Joe Bendick. <laughs> yeah, but you've been quagmiring the hell out of this. I feel like I'm on an episode of Family Guy, homie. I apologize. But, no, it's all good. It's actually kind of funny. But yeah, we come into the second half. 
you know, we, we've been dominating this game, and, you know, we got a lot of criticism in the game against the Chicago Fire. And, yes, we did not score for a good 175 minutes, but our defense has been stellar. Every freaking game towards the end of last season, people were complaining that we were playing a great game up until the 75th or 80th minute, but we kept giving up goals. The defense does not get enough praise. Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore have been fantastic putting up shutouts. The main reason why Tyler Miller has a .73 goals against average is because of the defense. He has not had that many shots against him. He is not one of the league leaders as far as saves are concerned. Why? Because he's not getting a lot of shots hit towards him. But he does have four clean sheets. He's tied for second place just behind Zach Johnson of NYCFC. That dude ended up having his sixth shutout against Carson today. God bless you, buddy. Thank you so much. Our second half, let's go on with the statistics. You know, and more to your point, Philly, we had a couple of times in this game, Eduardo Tuesta hustling back, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half. In the 49th minute, Mark Anthony K hustling back on another run to clear the ball. What we're also seeing is great play from our midfielders, especially Mark Anthony K and Edward Atuesta. They have done everything in their power to keep the ball from getting to our back four and then to Tyler Miller. We've seen the reemergence of Mark Anthony K. Look, he seems to have been what was missing after his injury last season. And just another year and a bit more maturity from Edward Atuesta. He was he's in the running for league MVP right now, if not for Carlos Vela. If anything, for like league's most improved player. Yeah, that kid's a- absolutely. Killing it. No, totally. I mean, look, he is, in my opinion, he might be the most improved player in the MLS. And Him he, and Mark Anthony a- K. Absolutely. So I- I'm really excited about how our midfield has been playing. Flash forward to the 50th minute, a beautiful block by Eddie Segura. The back line looked organized. A great job of settling down back there after a quick run by the Columbus crew, Latif blasting a one-timer, and Diego Rossi, I don't know what to say, he earned a yellow card on Columbus in the 54th minute, but he had his Speedo and his goggles on, ready to take a dive on that one. There might have been contact on Diego Rossi, but to see him, the flip and the turn, it was like a half twist in midair when he hit the ground. At least he didn't writhe around on the ground, a la Neymar Jr. in the World Cup. But Gross. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes that guy, Diego Rossi, that boy just ain't right. You see Diego Rossi take a dive sometimes. And look, he earned a yellow card for it, but he might as well be getting a call from the league office as well. I mean, no one was near him. He fooled the referee on that one. And then let's talk about... That's life in Hollywood, homie. Oh, that's for sure. Let's talk about the 59th minute Philly, our boy Tyler Miller. That's that's right. A clean, and I mean clean, strike. Oh my goodness. A clean (laughs) strike that went right to his hands. Robinho with a beautiful pass to Santos on a great attempt. But Tyler Miller got all of that ball, and it popped right back up to him. He was able to corral it in what was easily Columbus's best scoring chance of the match. Tyler Miller with what was clearly the save of the game there in the 59th. 
definitely saved our behinds. And shortly after that, in the 62nd minute, Rossi to K. K to Ramirez. Ramirez shot on goal, but unfortunately was blocked by Zach Steffen's backup. Amazing that Zach Steffen's backup was able to block Christian Ramirez. Look, do not get on Christian Ramirez. This kid is going to turn around and have a great game, and you guys are all going to love him. He is our player. I know people criticize him. I know people like have a lot of animosity towards him. I don't shout negative fire towards any of our players. I try to be a glass half full individual. Bob Bradley, Bob the Builder, one of the winningest coaches in the MLS, still has faith in Christian Ramirez, and Christian Ramirez will come off really well. But three minutes after that, Miss... (laughs) (laughs) He got substituted He got subbed out because we had the return of number 99, Adama... Diamande, and Lord knows we are more than excited to see Dio back in the lineup, huh, Scarf? Absolutely, and you know, like we talked about last game, he came into the mix. The difference between last game and this game, last game, about a minute or two in, he made a play at the top of the box, and then he was really never seen from or heard again. But this game, just three minutes in, in the 68th minute, Latif to Dio to Rossi, to Vela, deflected wide, but the passing was absolutely beautiful. And LAFC just kept the pressure on 71st minute. A shot by Vela easily saved, though. That one right into the hands of Joe, I won't say Giggity Bendik. But in the 74th Let's minute... Let's just call him Stefan's backup. <laughs> Jossie no giggities just on that offside. One. Look, I really wanted Jossie to at least get one, but I would have heard it would have no. happened. Look, I no. love Jossie. Unless we okay. were up 10 to, 10 to nothing. He no. was offside. But here's what I said more than anything else. We were Giggity? sitting... No, 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 not that. You did say that a lot, I, though. I was with Nina. We were at Stalking Horse watching the game on Pico Boulevard, one of LAFC's official watch bars. Nice We were plug. there with at <laughs> least seven... Other people that had on LAFC gear. That's it? You should have come to Burbank, Barney's Beanery, and hung out with Philly the Panda and the Cuervos. We had 100 people there. I would have loved to, except I would have missed half the game driving all the way out there. It was the closest LAFC official watch bar, stalking horse on Pico. There, like I said, the the seven of us that were in there, we had a great time. We were talking. We were hanging out. It was really good to watch the game. But Jossie was just offside, and I said it. Out loud, a little bit louder than I actually thought I was talking. The ball hit the ref right before that happened. And I said, last time a ball hit a ref, the team scored a goal on us. I was so frustrated because, of course, that ball deflects off the ref, goes right to Jossie. But the offside flag was up there in the 74th minute. It seemed like one of those breaks last year it would have gone against us for a goal. But this year, it just seems to be breaking our way. And then we get to play our favorite game, Philly, in the 79th minute. Name that Perez. And who comes in the 79th minute? Which Perez did we have today? Josh Perez. I was really hoping for Javi because he was just taken off the injured list and placed on questionable. But I have no animosity towards Josh. Josh came in as a substitute for Diego Rossi in the 79th minute. And this kid had an opportunity. A really, really darn good opportunity. Nine minutes later, in the 88th minute, there was a huge mistake in the part of the Columbus crew by Guzman. He ended up giving away a bunny to Josh Perez, who hit 
a shot on goal, but unfortunately it hit the crossbar. But you could consider that an assist because that deflection off the crossbar found its way in front of number 99, Adama Diamande. He ends up scoring the second goal of the game in the 88th minute. Josh Perez, I really, really wanted to see him score that goal. I mean, he's tried, and he has hustled, and he really did deserve that, but it was really nice to see Dio in a second game back off the injured list to come in and score another goal. But that was not the only goal for LAFC. We were looking at a 2-0 win, but it wasn't to be the last goal because the league's MVP, the potential golden boot winner. The left foot of God. Oh, the left foot of God, the left foot of glory. In the 90th minute, Carlos Vela needed to make his presence felt, not with an assist, not with a great deflection, but with a goal hit from outside of the box. Carlos Vela scores LAFC's third goal of the game. Carlos Vela's 12th goal of the season and he is clearly making a statement he really wants to be an LAFC player he really wants to make his mark in the MLS and he really wants to hit that league MVP and he scores his 12th goal final result LAFC 3 the Columbus crew 0 Tyler Miller and the LAFC backline another shutout Yeah, Carlos Vela, a thing of beauty, stepped through two defenders to get enough space, ranged to his left, and found a space in between two more defenders. Jonathan Mensah did not have a great last couple minutes of the game. It was Jonathan Mensah that got tangled up with Joe Giggity Bendick there to allow the goal by Adama Diamande off of the miss. And actually, as Nina would say, it was not a shot on goal because a shot off the post does not count as a shot on goal because it not it would not have gone in. So a little bit of knowledge there that Nina's been dropping and helped me understand Scarf why. Bet. I just don't understand why a shot off the post is still not a shot on goal. It literally hit the goal. It literally went on the goal. But that's okay. That's for another day. I'm learning more and more every single day. But I just want to take a look real quick at the table here in the MLS. There was a great stat on Reddit. Now look, uh, admittedly, I have not done my research on this stat, but I'm just going to read the headline that is popular on the LAFC Reddit right now. Our goal differential through 12 games, plus 21. Our goal differential through 12 games is higher than the total number of goals scored by 21 teams. It's unbelievable. There are only 24 teams in the MLS. Now look, admittedly, I have not done research on this stat, so I will say, if it's wrong, I blame LAFC's Reddit for this. But that is a scary, scary number. A 21-goal differential. There's not even a team in the rest of the MLS coming into today that had a double-digit goal differential. Now, the Philadelphia Union have pushed theirs to plus 11. But we are talking about, for instance, the Montreal Impact. They have 20 points through 13 games on the year. They've played one more game than we have. 20 points. They currently sit tied for second in the East. They have a minus four goal differential. Minus four, and they are number three in the East. 
the Carson team that is currently looking up at us in the standings from number two, they have a plus two goal differential. A plus two through 12 games. We are 19 goals better than Carson on goal differential through 12 games. Uh, there's just something special going on right now. And and dare I say, it's not our offense. It's not our offense. Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore. How are we going to get all four of these guys to the All-Star game? Look, we if vote. you ask all me right now, vote. LAFC has seven or eight guys that deserve to be represented at the All-Star game. Diego Rossi, are you kidding me? This guy's in the race for the golden boot. He's had an incredible year. Carlos Vela. Okay, look, Carlos Vela is going to be an All-Star. Just they have him. That's in, a no-brainer. They have him in the advertisements with Antoine Griezmann texting back and forth with each other. That man is going to be an all-star. How do you leave Tyler Miller out of the all-star game? The guy now has five clean sheets. It'll be Sean Johnson, it looks like, and Tyler Miller right now. Those are your two goalies. You go ahead and tell me how you leave Eduardo Tuesta and Mark Anthony Kay off of the all-star roster, especially a guy like Eduardo Tuesta. And, and go ahead, pick Maybe just two of our defenders get to go. Okay, well, in my mind then, it's Eddie Segura, and you have the other three have a battle to the death for it because I don't know what's going to happen. But Tyler Miller, Eddie Segura, Mark Anthony Kay, Edward Atuesta, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, how are those guys not all representing LAFC on the All-Star team? Look, last year they argued that Atlanta could have had five or six or seven different All-Stars. This year I'll argue the same exact thing. Look, Orlando City is going to get an obligatory All-Star because the game is at home. But after that, I want to see LAFC represented better than any other MLS team. We are so far and away the best team in the MLS right now. Yes, I know Houston has three games in hand. They're at 19 points. I understand. I know how math works. But you go ahead and give me our next three games against Houston's next three games, and we'll see what happens. Yep, and as far as the final stat line is concerned, let's finish this off before we go into the next segment. Possession. LAFC, 53% of the time, 247. Shots on goal. LAFC dominates this. They, they're they such a dominating team. It's unbelievable. 20 shots, 8 on target to Columbus Crews. They had 8 shots and just the 1 on target, and what a save by Tyler Miller. Oh, yeah, the one save, but he maintains that amazing goals against average. Fouls, LAFC had 14 to Cruz. 13. Yellow cards, LAFC 1 to the Cruz. 3. Offsides, LAFC 2 to Cruz. Also 2. Corners, LAFC 6 to Columbus's. Also 6. Saves, Tyler Miller. 1. And I'm going to let you say his name because you've been giggitying the heck out of this dude's name all day. Joe Bendick. He had 5. And that is the final stat line. LAFC 3, the Columbus Crew 0. A fat goose egg. Shout out to NYCFC. They beat Carson at home 2 to nil, and that was a sweet, sweet thing to witness. I was at the game in Carson with Panda because we wanted to see NYCFC. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Panda and I originally in 2015 supported NYCFC, but we no longer hold that moniker because we are the black and gold faithful, but we still wanted to see them as they rolled into Los Angeles. And fortunately, they came out 
swinging, and they punched Carson in the face. Two to nil, extending Carson's losing streak to three games. We are five points ahead of these boneheads. Yuck to Carson. (laughs) Yeah, real quick. One other thing we want to touch on before we head into the last little bit of our podcast. We have been talking about the potential to see the Phoenix Rising versus Los Dos game down in Carson. You know, I've been looking at the Phoenix Rising lineups for the last couple of games. They haven't featured very many LAFC players, just Amadou Dia, who's technically not even on the LAFC roster. He was a player who we had in training camp, and he got picked up by Phoenix Rising. They've had no Shaft Brewer, no Tristan Blackman, no Lamar Batista. It's been a little bit of a rough sledding here for LAFC players down at Phoenix Rising. So let's be clear. We're definitely going to try to make this thing happen Saturday, August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. in Carson. Remember, $5 tickets, $2 beers, $2 tacos. We're going to hold out, though. We got to check that roster out for Phoenix Rising. Look, the bottom line is we want to go down there and support our LAFC guys. Look, they're not our USL team. They're not an affiliate. But if we've got some guys playing for Phoenix Rising, we will definitely go down and cheer Saturday, August 3rd at 7.30. Look, if Shaft is starting, if Tristan is starting, if Lamar is starting, I know we had Javi Perez, I think, was down there once as well. A lot of different players making their presence known down in Phoenix Rising. But for the last couple of games, it just hasn't happened. I'm really hoping our guys get a chance to develop down there in Phoenix. But hopefully we can get a little bit of crowd out there against Los Dos Saturday, August 3rd at 7.30 if we have our LAFC boys on the pitch. I can't imagine it's going to take a lot of motivation to get you guys to come down to Carson with us in order to boo the Galaxy. I can't imagine too many people are going to be dissuaded by $2 beers and $2 tacos. At the end of the day, we need to go down there. Whether or not our boys play, if they're on the roster, if they're sitting that sideline, Phoenix Rising has been an pretty much an unofficial little brother, little sister, whatever the case may be, of our squad. Amadou Dia, he was an individual who tried out for our squad. I want to support these boys. I want to see them stick it to Carson. And why not go down there and cheer for these boys? Again, $5 tickets, $2 beers, $2 tacos. Chances are if we bring in a very good supporters group, we might see some players from the black and gold go out there. But let's support LAFC. Let's support our boys, whether or not they make it onto the pitch. Let's support Phoenix Rising in their campaign to smack Carson upside their face. Hey, Philly. Let me ask you a question. Uh, oh my God, what? What if Defenders of the Bank bought 20 tickets and gave them away to our listeners to come join us against Los Dos? Clearly, the light bulb went above your head because now it's starting to go above my head. I am a big fan of this. I also haven't been sipping on Woodford Reserve for this entire Shout out bourbon. (laughs) Shout out whiskey. Shout out partying. Shout out, I need a nap. (laughs) Shout out, I have to be on an airplane at 6 a.m., so I am on my best behavior right now. But listen, here's what we just decided right here on the podcast. This is not in our notes. This is not like a ploy or anything else. I'm sitting here looking at our notes and going, all right, they're only $5 tickets. Let's buy $100 worth of tickets, 20 tickets, not including Philly's ticket, my ticket, Panda's ticket, Nina's ticket. All right, so here's the thing. What about Schmitty's? Schmitty doesn't need a ticket. He's a cat. So... Here's but the thing. I love that cat. We are going to buy 20 tickets to the Phoenix Rising versus Los Dos game. Look, we don't have a private plane like LAFC Universe. We don't need one. We're only going down to Carson, all right? We can take we can take a, an Uber there. We can take, 
you know, uh, just my car. I don't even care how we get there. But look, against Los Dos with Phoenix Rising playing Saturday, August 3rd, tell you what, we're buying 20 tickets. If you want to go, we're going to raffle off those 20 tickets to our Instagram followers. We will have an Instagram post in the next couple of weeks or so about this Phoenix Rising versus Los Dos game. We will buy 20 tickets. Defenders of the Bank will bring 20 of you down to Carson to cheer for Phoenix Rising against Los Dos Saturday, August 3rd. You heard it here first, 7.30. Mark your calendar. If you're one of the 20, you're hanging out with Defenders of the Bank, the podcast for the people. Bring the people down to Carson so we can root for Phoenix Rising. This is going to be an awesome thing. I did not think about this. Scarf thought about this, and it's clearly going to come out of his bank account. I am (laughs) such a fan of this idea. This is fantastic. It's not going to take much to pull my arm to root against Carson. And pretty much that is all the time that we have. It is Mother's Day tomorrow, the day that you are going to potentially listen to this episode. Hug your mother. But in addition to that, happy Nurses Week. My wife is a nurse. Nurses are fantastic people. My grandmother passed away not that long ago, but she was comforted and she was able to maintain somewhat of a happy lifestyle because of a nurse. I love my wife. Love nurses. It's Happy Nurse Week. And in addition... Well, hold on, hold on. I love... My mom, also a nurse. My mom was an RN for over 30 years at Kaiser. Love her very much, too. A nice little segue from Mother's Day to Nurses Week. So, Mom, not only Happy Mother's Day, but Happy Nurses Week. But, Philly, it was it was one other kind of week. What else was it this last week there, Philly? Well, we know that Scarf likes to bring the nerd. And the reason why he likes to bring the nerd is because he is a molder of minds. In addition to Mother's Day weekend, in addition to Happy Nurses Week, we also salute our teachers. Woo! Yes, Scarf is among that. I've hugged my wife several times for Nurses Week. I've hugged Scarf not enough times. We're good. I'm going to I'm going to hug him in a little bit. Shout out Woodford Reserve. Ew, oh, just gross. Scarfy, you're going to be gone in a week, but hey, shout out to all our teachers out there. You are all molders of minds. Some of my favorite people that I've met in my life that have helped influence me have been my teachers. You guys put up with a lot deal with a lot and you all should be catered to in the best of ways happy teachers week along with nurses week and along with happy mother's day yeah and real quick and we want to give two quick shout outs we ended the birthday segment we got a couple friends happy birthday to the big guy nick and happy birthday to george he turned 50 years old our buddy george if you don't know who george is he's the guy that snatched the last golasso scarf off the wall at my birthday scarf launch event so happy birthday to nick and to george george salome who turns a half a century old god my friend you are farting dust but yes god bless you man we hung out earlier today we had a good time a couple more shout outs that i want to give shout out to the cuervos Christian, Oscar, El Catrin, Chiquilin, all all you guys, Gil. Gil, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Panda and I had an unbelievable time at Barney's Beanery. And I also want to give a shout out to Cruz. Cruz, who's one of my barbers. You got to go check him out at Parlor Barbershop on Magnolia in Magnolia Park. He is fantastic at cutting hair. Shout out to you guys. Nothing but love. I love our black and gold family. You guys all rock. 
God bless. And that is all the time we have on this Mother's Day edition of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and the Scarf. We are going to end this with something different than us going bye-bye. We are going to end this with Scarfy. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom.